All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sunday night service. Amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight with us? Yeah, all right. We're going to have a good time this evening. Man, we had a good one this morning and uh, just heard so many great things about people receiving from the Lord and it was an awesome morning. Well, we're going to go ahead and open up tonight just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. So let's stand up together this evening and we're going to speak these words together. And again, we, we're going to keep doing this because we're going to see America come to Jesus and we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. All right, let's go ahead and say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise. You may be seated. All right, we'll get into our announcements here. Of course, lots going on. Uh, first of all, I um, wanted to make a note to our live stream people that we had a lot of issues this morning that were not our fault. <laughs> um, our server, that the people that do our streaming for us, did an update to their system, and I think their system crashed. And so we're praying that it doesn't do that tonight. But anyway, uh, we recognize that, and it wasn't our fault. But in Jesus' name, they're going to get it fixed real quick for us. All right? Well, praise God. We've got um, lots of good things going on. Uh, the uh, construction is coming along behind us. You can't see it because of the walls here, here and everything, but uh, they're getting the bathrooms rocking and rolling. We got a lot of drywall back there that you can see now instead of just bare walls. And so drywall's up. They've got the uh, mud and all that on there. And so it's coming along really good. So uh, just stick with us on this. Got a little bit more to get done before we're back to normal. And the goal, and from what they tell us, we'll have bathrooms by Harvest Fest. So we're going to keep saying that in Jesus' name, and we will have our bathrooms back indoor because I found out indoor plumbing is really a good thing. You know, I mean, I never appreciated it until now, but it's a pretty cool thing to have. And uh, we're going to have it back again. So that's really, really awesome. All right. Um, servant leadership is this Thursday at 630. Amen. In Victory Hall. And so that's a chance for you to get a little bit more involved and, uh, and kind of see what we're doing, planning and, uh, and, and just, you know, help out, help us out with some stuff and, uh, also get trained in your own leadership because maybe you've got leadership responsibilities at work or in other capacities and it's a, just a great night to receive training and teaching in that, but also help us out and get a little bit more involved and take your role in the church more seriously, all right? And then, of course, Harvest Fest is the big one coming up, all right? We got about two weeks to go on this, if I'm not mistaken, about two weeks, a little less than two weeks to go. And uh, we've done really well on the fundraising and everything like that. But, you know, it is our biggest night of the year. And lots of years, you know, we've had 3,000 people, maybe more. And uh, and so we, uh, we're believing for a really big turnout this year for it. We're very excited on this. And so um, I know if you, they needed some people to go help pass out some flyers tomorrow. And the reason that we're doing that is uh, 
every other year we've been able to just give flyers to all the schools and they pass them out to all the thousands of children for us. Apparently they don't, they don't want to do that anymore. So, uh, we're going to make sure we get the word out every way that we can because we're not just here to give out candy. We're here to give some Jesus to these people. Amen. And so it's a big deal for us. All right. Um, so if you want to help out with that, you could see Casey or, uh, Desiree and they'll make sure that you get the information on how to help out with that. But we really need candy, candy, candy. Keep bringing it in. And I believe uh, the candy packing is going to be this weekend, right? And so uh, Wednesday is the last day to bring in candy for the youth group versus children's church competition. And so if you haven't got to uh, bring in some candy to uh, help one of those two sides win, then go ahead and bring that in by Wednesday. And then the candy packing is this weekend. And uh, we'll, we'll put all this on social media so you can help out and uh, get that information. But uh, we want, it's an all hands on deck event. In fact, do we, why don't we pass out the worker sign up sheet, uh, ushers? Can we do that real quick? The one that is for signing up for uh, helping out the night of. Because we need, every, you know, every every one of us. And maybe you could just come in for a little bit on that night and work. We break it up into two shifts. Uh, so uh, you could come in and maybe just on one of the shifts uh, work one of the little games or something. But it, it takes everybody to make this happen. So they're going to pass that around. And if you haven't signed up yet, tonight's your night. You're going to do it, aren't you? Yeah. All right. Whew. Okay. I know you're excited. All right. And then, of course... Again, we've been telling you tentatively scheduled is the mortgage burning party on the last Sunday night of this month, uh, the 30th at 6 p.m. service. We're going to be having a little, uh, you know, little get together, little, uh, I, I would like to use the, the word bonfire, um, if I may. Uh, so anyway, we're going to, we're going to do whatever we're allowed to do in those regards. Now, growing up out in the country, we had some bonfires that were like 50, 60. I mean, just, it was just nuts. Uh, totally probably illegal even for, for their standards. But at the same time, uh, we're going to do something good here. And while we're burning stuff, we're going to throw the mortgage papers in there and say, see ya, we don't need you anymore. Amen. All right. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the Operation Christmas Child uh, uh, Christmas that we're doing, all right? And so the boxes are right back there in the back, right by Sabrina there. And it's an opportunity for us to partner with Samaritan's Purse, which is the charity organization that Billy Graham started and that his son Franklin Graham runs now. And so they give you one of these boxes. It's roughly like a shoe box there. And they've got some ideas of maybe some toys you can put in there. And they ship them out to children all over the world, um, everywhere. I mean, every country you can imagine and so they give it to these kids that probably wouldn't get any sort of christmas presents other than this and it's a really really cool thing and for us you know maybe it's like 10 bucks or something but to them it's a really really big big deal and so we want to help out with this and i believe that it'll bless you you know the bible tells us in acts 20 35 that it's more blessed to give than to receive and sometimes you know you don't understand that concept until you're in a position like this and you realize how much something that may seem like so little to you could really 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 make a big difference to somebody else all right and so i i I encourage everybody to get involved with it and uh you know, parents, your kids could do this and it'd be a great lesson for them also. All right. So praise God for all of that. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes. 
happy time. Well, what's that? Well, the Bible tells us that God loves a cheerful giver, and so we get really cheerful when it's time to give. Amen? If you need an envelope, raise your hand, and the ushers will get you one. If you're going to do it online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. And we're going to open our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy 8. I'll be in the King James here. Deuteronomy 8, 18 in the King James. And this is a verse that I remember uh, my parents teaching me when I was a kid. And so I've always just, this one's always kind of stuck out to me when it comes to our giving and to our finances. Uh, because some people would think like, well, God doesn't really care about your finances. He does. He wants you to be blessed. He wants to take care of every need for you. And so Deuteronomy chapter 8 and then verse 18 in the King James, it says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Why? For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. You can't talk about that at church. Well, the Bible does, so we're going to talk about this. It says, He gives thee the power to get wealth. So you can just be selfish and vain and full of foolishness and blow it all up. No. Why did, Why would God want his people to get wealth? It's right here that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. And so God wants his children to be able to get wealth, I'll say it, and finances, because he knows we're not going to waste it on stupid, foolish things. We're going to do things like preach the gospel with it. We're going to send Christmas gifts to children all over the world with it. We're, we're going to invite thousands of people to come onto our property so we can give them free stuff, yeah, and so we can also give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. But right there, you got to realize that, uh, again, a lot of people like to uh, just kind of cut and paste their Bible verses, and so some people would say, yeah, the Lord gives you power to get wealth. Yeah, yeah it says that, but you got to get the first part of the verse. It says, thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. And how do we remember him? Well, there's a lot of things we could say, but I'll tell you that obeying his word in every area is one massive way that we would remember and honor the Lord our God. And as we do it, he always has something good in it for us. Amen. It's always for our good. All right, let's stand up together this evening and we're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. And then we got a uh, Josh and Ray Liana here are going to lead us in some praise and worship tonight, and then we're going to get into the Word of God. It's going to be an awesome, awesome Sunday evening together. All right, let's speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us at the altar for worship. Step out of the shadows. Step out of the grave. Break into the wild. And don't be afraid. Run into wide open spaces. 
grace is waiting for you. Dance like the way has been lifted. Grace is waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Come out of the dark, just as you are, into the fullness of His love. Oh, the Spirit is here, let there be freedom. Let there be freedom. Bring all of your burdens, bring all of your sorrows. Graces, graces, waiting for you. Dance like the way has been lifted. Graces, waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Come out of the dark, just as you are. Into the fullness of His love Oh, the Spirit is here Let there be freedom Let there be freedom Chains will fall Present shake at the sound Jesus' name, let's made both hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. Chains will fall, prison shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Let's made both hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. The Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Come out of the dark, just as you are, into the fullness of His love. Oh, the Spirit is here, let there be freedom, let there be freedom. Like the way has been lifted, grace is waiting for you. Dance like the way has been lifted, grace is waiting for you. Dance like the way has been lifted, grace is 
waiting for you. Just like the weight has been lifted, grace is waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Sing that again. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. One more time. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Come out of the dark, just as you are, into the fullness of His love. Holy Spirit is here, let there be freedom, let there be Jesus, I 
so grateful for eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and Lord we know that it's your will in between the time we're born again and we go to heaven to live a blessed life a healthy life a prosperous life an enjoyable life and Father we know that all comes through loving Jesus not just in our words but in our actions every day of putting Jesus first. And Father, I want to thank you for tonight as we study your holy written word for tender hearts, teachable spirits, no religious heads shutting out the word of God, but tender hearts listening to your word and changing the heads so that our minds and our hearts hook up with your plan of purpose for our lives and we're able to do and enjoy everything you have planned for us 
And the most important thing is, Lord, that we stay saved and help other people get saved so they can go to heaven too. But more importantly, Lord, to be able to enjoy heaven on earth before we go. Thank you for those things in the name of Jesus, Father. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. How many are ready? Amen. Well, tonight we're going to be teaching on my favorite subject to teach on divine healing. Everybody needs to know how to receive healing. And everybody needs to know how to take healing to somebody else. But I want to show you a couple books first out of the bookstore. I want to show you this one here. Little, little mini book called How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. And that's a real simple, real simple little, uh, true story in the Bible of a woman that had been sick for 18 years, been to doctors everywhere, and none of them could get her help and she kept getting worse. Then not only that, she went broke. And she didn't have any health care insurance, so they didn't have it. Just, you run out of money, you run out of doctors. Doctors couldn't help anyway. But anyway, this woman received healing from Jesus with her own faith. And this Bible shows you how to use that faith. And then another book that's really, really a very, very, very world-changing book called The Believer's Authority. This book by Brother Hagen. And uh, back back in the 90s, in the 90s when the, uh, actually started before that, it really, I guess, back in the late 70s, that uh, Brother Jim Caseman, the Lord gave him assignment to print two and a half million of these in Russian, started smuggling men to the former Soviet Union. The former Soviet Union. And then because of that, there's countries like Ukraine, Belarus, and lots of other countries. I've been over there. Matter of fact, I've had an, air, an airplane boarding pass from uh, Vienna into Kiev, Ukraine, that I mined years and years and years ago. And uh, anyway, they took these books into the Iron Curtain. And the thing about it, these people have been praying like a lot of Christians in America praying. They've been praying for years to be delivered from communism. Well, guess what? It took more than prayer. Right now in America, it takes more than prayer. Somebody said, well, what, what, what could be more than prayer? The seed of the Word of God planted in the hearts of Americans. And so when they studied this book here, it showed them how to get beyond prayer and get to be serious about the Word. And so as they began preaching the Word of God across the former Soviet Union, they learned how to preach faith. Because they began to do that, then they began to pray the Word and speak the Word. And when they did that, they started walking in their authority. And then when they did that, there come a point in time God raised up a man that stood over the Berlin Wall and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Well, by then the Word had been planted. There was faith out there. And guess what? The wall fell. Amen. And so for America today, if Christians would learn their authority, start walking in our authority, preachers and Christians will see that wall fall in America too. What's that wall? That's that wall of darkness trying to destroy our nation. So anyway, I, I highly recommend this book here to all Christians to get a hold of the authority. We're going to be talking about that authority tonight in the lesson we're looking at. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 23 and 24, and uh, uh, there's a lot of titles I wanted to give this, but I think one of the best ones that I could use would be this, a closer look at how Jesus healed. A closer look at how Jesus healed, and I think, I think a lot of uh, unlearned Christians, and 
Really, that's, that's called ignorance. If you don't know, you're ignorant. That means you're stupid. Stupid means you know, but you won't do. Hey, <laughs> man, stupid people keep doing the same dumb things over and over again. And the difference between stupid and ignorant. When you're ignorant, you don't know. And so a lot of people think that Jesus just went around like he had some kind of magic power or a magic wand or something. He just go around just waving it and people got healed. That's not how it worked. We're going to look at the Bible because Jesus did tell us the works that he did, but we do also. If we don't know what he did and how he did them, then we can't do them. Amen. And so I want to take a closer look at how Jesus healed. So Matthew 4, verse 23 and 24. Now look at this. It says that Jesus went about all Galilee teaching, teaching in their synagogues and preaching. Difference between teaching and preaching. I'll talk about that in a minute. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Not preaching religious ideas, religious philosophy, but preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing. And healing. Teaching, preaching, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought to him all sick people that were taken with divers or various diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with demons, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, it means paralyzed people, messed up people, and he healed them. But I want you to notice Jesus' method of operation. He was teaching, preaching, and healing. And so every believer needs simple Bible teaching about Jesus the healer. Simple Bible teaching about Jesus the healer and how to receive healing if you need it and how to take it to somebody else that needs it. You know, we're not, we're not caused, called to be reservoirs. We're supposed to be channels. We're supposed to be have a flow through us to take something to somebody else. Jesus, anything he gives us, he gives us to give away. We get born again. We're supposed to be able to take that and preach it to somebody else how to get born again. We receive the revelation of tithing and benefits of tithing. We should be able to share for other people why we tithe and what the benefits of tithing are. And so whatever it is we've been delivered from, whatever it is he's done for us, there's lots of people all around you every day that are still where you used to be. You're supposed to be able to help them. So anyway, I'm going to look at some simple things here about how Jesus healed and then what Jesus did, you need to do too. Amen. So notice these three words. In verse 23, it was teaching, preaching, and healing. And this would be a really good night, even if you're not a note taker, to take some notes. You know, no guarantee that that thing's going to be able to look at on the internet. We believe in Jesus' name, it will be. But if it's not, I'm going to say some things tonight you really need to write down, especially if you've been a chronic sick person. If you've been fighting things and battling things, and we're not against doctors and medicine, but I'll tell you what, I found out by experience that a lot of that medicine makes you goofy. It'll mess up your head, mess up your life, it'll do a lot of things. It may, and, and has anybody ever noticed, or is it just me? I don't see many commercials on TV, but every time they advertise a new pill, they got 15 things that could kill you for taking the pill. Amen. It's almost like that Three Stooges thing. Man, 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 
man got a headache and hurting like that, so the guy walks up and steps on his foot, and he don't think about his head anymore because his foot's hurting. Isn't that, isn't that how it works? And once again, I'm not knocking doctors in medicine. But at the same time, Jesus has a way for us to receive his best. And so write that down on your notes there. Teaching, preaching, and healing. And that's the primary essence of Jesus' public healing ministry. Amen. Amen. So I want to explain the importance of these three words. And I want to say it again. It's a good idea to write this down. I'm getting ready to give you some nuggets. Get ready to give you some things that you need to get a hold of for the rest of your life. And write them down in your Bible. Or write them down in one of those blank pages in your Bible. Get a hold of this and be able to help you understand this. And maybe you're doing okay right now. But you might know somebody else needs to hear this. And especially religious Christians. Religious Christians, that's all the time just begging, Oh, Jesus, heal me. Oh, Jesus, heal me. Or, I know he can heal. I know he can heal. Well, no one can heal and receive it. Heal these two different things. Amen. You know, matter of fact, James said it this way, when it comes to God, said even the devils believe and tremble. Amen. And so it would be a good idea to write some things down. And so here's what I want to say this. Since Jesus was teaching and preaching before the healing came, we didn't know the difference. And so to preach means to proclaim. And teach means to explain. To preach means to proclaim. Teach means to explain. And let me tell you what that is. When you're preaching the gospel, when you're preaching the gospel, you're proclaiming that Jesus died for your sins. He wants you to receive him and go to heaven. Then it takes teaching to teach people how to receive Jesus. Amen. And, and, and you can preach that God wants you to tithe. But when you teach why God wants you to tithe, then you've explained it. And then people have an incentive, I want to tithe now. When you preach that faith works by love, you think, well, boy, that sounds really good. Faith works by love. But then you teach how to love. See what I'm saying? So you need preaching. You need teaching. And here's another, here's another nugget I want to tell you. Now get a hold of this. Preaching gives you hope. Preaching gives you hope. When, when a lost person or an addict or anybody's got any addiction to alcohol or anything else begins to hear some preaching that Jesus wants you free, well, they begin to get hope. Wow, I can actually be delivered of this? I can be delivered from porn? I can be delivered from gluttony? I can be delivered from hatred? I can be delivered? But then teaching shows you how to turn your hope into reality. Preaching gives you hope. But teaching shows you how to turn your hope into reality, shows you how that hope can change. Amen. Can you see what I'm saying? That's why Jesus was preaching and was teaching. Uh, if you come into a church that's primarily preaching, not a lot of teaching, you'll have a lot of people thinking that the pastor only is the one that can get people healed because he tells you God wants you healed but never tells you how, except tells you, come up here, let me pray for you. And that's always a good thing to do to pray for people. But people need to learn how it's like the it's like the story of the, the fishing story. You know, you get you give you give a man a fish, you fed him for a day, you teach him how to fish, that he can take care of himself after that. Amen. And so we need to show you preaching gives you hope. No show show you how to turn that hope into reality by teaching. And so Jesus did both. He was preaching and teaching, and we still need good preaching and teaching today. Amen. People need hope. Before they can get faith. 
And so we've got to have the preaching. We've got to have the preaching. I know that when people are hurting so bad, they come into a church service and they're hurting, they don't have time to sit and hear a lot of what I'm doing right now because all they know is, man, I'm so messed up in life. I think tomorrow when I, when I leave here, I'm going to end it. I'm done. I can't take this pressure anymore. And so they need preach, and then they come in, they get a spark. Something sparks in them. They think, well, there's hope. I can be healed of this. Or there's hope. God could put this back together, but then they got to come back so we can teach them how. Amen? You see what I'm saying? Jesus was preaching, teaching, and healing. And so Jesus also taught us that God's Word is spiritual seed, and our spirit is God's soil. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus taught the sower soweth the Word, and he said, the word that he sowed was God's word, and the sorrow was man's heart. And so he taught that God's word is God's seed. And so preaching, now get this, this is some stuff you're writing down, I hope. Preaching plants the seed, and teaching waters the seed. Preaching plants that seed, teaching waters the seed. There's a multitude of scriptures I can show you on that, but that's not the primary way we're going tonight. And so listen to this. The first time you hear a subject taught, the seed's planted. And I know that when I was a baby Christian, I always thought, man, i got great faith now because i never heard that before. Well, that's called something got planted in me. But then you have to come back under the teaching. You need to meditate the Word yourself and read those Scriptures, write them down, and start thinking about those Scriptures. And every time you hear another sermon on that subject, that seed's getting planted. That seed's getting planted. And you know something I never thought about? I was in Indiana for 54 years before I came out here. Something I never thought about until I came out to the desert, we didn't have to water stuff out there very much because it rained all the time. I come out to the desert, I found out, man, I could buy the best dirt there was, and I always, I always went to Home Depot and places like that and bought good garden soil, good dirt and things like that. And I always bought really good seed. But if I didn't water it enough, the seed wouldn't grow. I'd end up with man, a lot of wasted money on dirt, Wasted money on time and labor and knowing it was good seed because I have some of these great California gardeners that go to my church, bring me in their tomatoes and their other things and tell me how great it was. But you could all sit in the same church getting the same seed planted, but if you don't get it watered, you'll get no fruit. And we're talking about healing tonight, so the fruit we're talking about is divine healing and divine health. Jesus was teaching. He was preaching. And he was healing. And so God's seed needs water to germinate and grow to bring forth fruit. I want to say it again. You can't just hear it one time and have a prayer. I remember one time I had a guy that I met in California. I came here and he found out he, he wasn't, I, I don't think they were Christians, but they heard about our church being a church where we had a healing ministry. And we have a healing ministry because we have a Jesus ministry. And Jesus is a healer. We teach the Bible. Amen. Every church ought to have a healing ministry because Jesus Christ is the same. He's the same in the Baptist church, the Catholic church, Methodist church, Word of Faith church, Nazarene church, Pentecostal church. It's the same Jesus. It depends on what part of the Bible you're teaching. Amen. But anyway, you need to set out of the Word for it to be germinated. And what's germinated mean for the seed of God to come alive? Amen. To come alive and bring forth that fruit. And so say this with me. Look at verse 23 again. Jesus was teaching, preaching, and healing. So say this with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. 
went about teaching, preaching, and healing. Let's say that one more time. You've got to get this because it's going to help you forever. Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing. Amen. Now I want to go to Matthew chapter 8. And I'm going to look at verse 5, from verse 5 on down to several verses. But this is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite chapters in the New Testament concerning Jesus the healer and understanding how to receive healing from Jesus. Matthew chapter 8, verse 15, verse 5, verse 5 through 13. And this will really help you understand and I do my best to keep things simple. And so this is simple, but you got to listen because I'm going to teach. I'm going to explain what's been proclaimed. We saw in Matthew chapter 4, we proclaimed he was healing them. Now we're going to explain how people receive healing in chapter 8. And so I want you to notice three things here again. There are going to be three things we're seeing here. Verse 8, well, verse 5, we'll start there. And when Jesus was into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him. That centurion is a, is a Roman soldier, an army officer, officer that had a hundred people under him. And so the centurion had a hundred people that he, that, that followed his command. And then he says in verse six, the centurion came to Jesus, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy. Means he was paralyzed. He's grievously tormented. And so I, could, I, I can't imagine what that would be like to be a sound mind and spiritually alive but can't function because your body won't work. So I would call that grievously tormented, wouldn't you? And, you know, there's a lot of people grievously tormented of a lot of things that are sick. And Jesus wants healing to come into their body. But especially Christians need to learn how to get healing into their body, taking somebody else grievously tormented. And notice verse, verse 7 then. Jesus saith unto him, I will, and I circled that. People need to know the will of God, and Jesus is the will of God. Jesus was God down here on earth. I will come and heal him. He did not say, that man is too big a heathen, I won't heal him. He didn't say, that man got drunk before, I won't heal him because he's, he's a horrible sinner. He didn't say, that man tells dirty jokes, I won't heal him. Jesus didn't know anything about this man. All he knew was, here's a man that's sick. And all he said, it's my will, I'll heal him. Amen. 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 I'll tell you what, for you religious goofballs, the easiest people to get healed are sinners. Amen. You look at people and you judge them because they're living with somebody that's not married. That's wrong. A lot of Christians are doing that too. And because they do things they shouldn't do, they think, well, God will never heal them. That's the first one to get healed. You know why? He wants to get their attention. He has to touch their flesh to get to their heart. i got to stop and say this one more time because I'm older now and I like to speak blunt. For religious goofballs, when those sinners come to you and tell you about sick, or somebody tells you somebody needs prayer, as soon as that thought hits your head about, well, they're boozers. Well, they're fornicators. Well, those people cuss a lot. They're meaner than a junkyard dog. 
Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. And healing gets their attention. And so what did Jesus say to this man? He's a Roman soldier. The Roman soldier were the enemies of the Jews. And this man comes to Jesus. First thing he says, hey man, <laughs> I'm ready. I want to come and heal him. And so that's his will. But look at this here in verse 8 now. Three things we're going to notice in verse verse 8, verse 9, and verse 10. And this, this is things you can write down again. And so the centurion answered said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Thou shalt come under my worth, roof, but speak the word only. You need to circle that and write that phrase down. Speak the word only, and then what happens? My servant shall be healed. Keep it in mind, this is not a religious preacher. This is not a strong church grower, goer. This is a soldier, an army officer that wasn't even in the covenant. And he said, speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. And so write that down. Speak the word only. He said, for I'm a man under authority. Write down the word authority. Write down the word authority. He said, I'm a man under authority because he was in the army. If you're in the army, you're under authority. I know that. I've got a son that's a Marine right now. I've got, I got a grandson that's in the army. And I've got a son-in-law that's in the army. And I've got another son-in-law that used to be in the army. And so I never was. I'm in God's army. And that doesn't give me a military discount because I've tried it. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> it don't work at Home Depot. But I'm a man under authority. Having soldiers under me. And so what he said, I've submitted to authority. I've got authority. I've got people under me submit to my authority. And he said, I say to this man, go and he goes. To another, come and he comes. And to my servant, do this and he doeth it. And so this man understood authority. Remember that book I just showed you, Authority? Believer's Authority? And so this man said, speak the word only. He said, because I understand authority. And so when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, now listen to this, I've not found so great faith. I circled great faith. I've given you keys of how Jesus ministered. I've given you keys from the word of God, how Jesus taught, how anybody can receive from Jesus. And so this man here, this man here wasn't even in the covenant. And he said, even in people under the covenant, that's why he said, I've not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. He said, the Jewish people haven't even got this. He said, you're a man on the outside looking in, and you see how it works. And think about this. This man had evidently heard or seen Jesus teaching, preaching, and healing. And he saw when Jesus was teaching, preaching, and healing, we just saw in Matthew chapter 4, demons left people's bodies. Diseases left their bodies. People were healed. And no doubt, he probably heard some stories like Lazarus raised from the dead. And several other examples <coughs> raised from the dead. And all Jesus ever did spoke. He spoke the word. And the dead came back to life. And then, and then the story on the, on the boat. 
the boat going across the Sea of Galilee. As he's going across, the wind comes up. Man, we've seen some hurricanes out here. It's been nice to have some believers know how to speak the word of God and stop some things. Amen. And I, I have no doubt there were some believers that spoke and their houses were protected and their places protected. But this man had no doubt heard that when Jesus spoke, the wind stopped and the waves got calm. And so he said, you don't have to come to my house. I'm not worthy. He said, I'm not even a Jew. Don't come to my house. Just speak the word. I've seen what your word does. You don't have to be there physically present. You speak the word. And when you do, my servant will get up, be healed. Amen. Amen. Now listen to this. I've been, I've, I've been teaching divine healing for 41 years. Jesus was teaching, preaching, and healing. He had no magic wands. He had no special cases. And the people, the multitudes came. Why did they come? They came to hear him teach and preach because they knew what he teaches and preaches. They may not have understood all the things we understand now because we got the Bible to read. They just do one thing. This man is teaching and preaching. He's giving us hope because he's telling us he's anointed to heal, heal us. And that he's teaching us that if we'll believe what he's saying, we'll receive healing from him. So the centurion, now listen to this, these three things. This centurion believed in the power of the spoken word. Why did he believe it? Because he saw it. He saw what happened when Jesus talked. And you know what's a, what's a sad, sad thing? To hear Christians that sit in a full gospel church and say the whiny phrase, Oh, I know he can heal me. How much faith is there in that? What this man say? He said, you speak the word, and I know he can be healed. He said, speak the word only, my servant will be healed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, there's so many directions I go with. As a matter of fact, the devotional for November, I'm still writing it right now, is totally going to be on healing. Been working on that, putting things into that, it's going to help you. But the thing is, you've got to see how this works. If all you ever want to do is say, oh, I read a book on healing once. Bible says he was teaching and preaching and healing. The people come to hear the preaching, come to hear the teaching, come to be healed. If I were diagnosed with a serious disease, the last thing I want to do is stay away from a church that teaches healing. Amen. If I were incapacitated or I couldn't move around much, I'd have either, I don't know if they have tape players anymore, what they have, I'd have a CD player, I'd have a podcast, I'd have a YouTube, I'd have people like me that teach healing, preaching to me day and night, I'd have that thing playing in my ear, playing in my sleep, I'd have nonstop preaching, teaching, and healing come into my ear. Amen. And I guarantee my body would jump up like it did back in 2018 when I had cancer. I had a heart attack. Man, I came out of that. Man, I'm ready to do a couple laps now. <laughs> Glory to God. Like, like I heard my son talking about this morning when he had leukemia and was crippled. Man, he came up quick. Why was that? Because we understood how Jesus did it. It was preaching, teaching, teaching preaching and then healing followed it wasn't any magic wands or I, let me finish that story a while ago about that guy I was telling you about so he'd heard about that and he, he, brought his, he brought his wife in one time on a Sunday night and just kind of sit there gritted because I guess you know just heard religious stuff but he didn't know or maybe read the National Enquirer or something about healing ministries 
comes in like that, and he come up, he brought her up at the end of the service. He said, give her the touch. I said, what? He said, man, do the thing. I said, what thing? <laughs> and so there wasn't anything else I could do except pray a nice, blessed me prayer over her. And I never saw him again. But the whole thing was, it was just give her the touch. I thought, man, I don't know what the touch is. You have to tell me what the touch is. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's the things he's read. He said, you're a faith healer, ain't you? I said, no. I said, I teach the Bible, Jesus heals, but I'm not a faith healer. Amen. I live by faith, but I'm not a faith healer. That's a secular term of people know nothing about God or Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because everybody in this church that's a believer is a faith healer. You lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, that's a believer. And the healing power of God comes through you by faith and people get healed. Amen. Okay, so this man understood the authority of the spoken words of Jesus. And so Jesus said, this man's got great faith. And you know what? Everybody in here can have great faith. Everybody in here. How many here believe the words of Jesus? How many believe you speak the word of God in the name of Jesus and you get results? That means everybody in here can have great faith. And so what are you whining for? What are you begging for? What are you pleading for? Man says, speak the word only. Jesus said, wow, man, there's not a Jewish person I've ever seen had this kind of faith. This man got a hold of it. And he found out it really, really works. I want you to hold your place and sharpen up your pencil or get your pen handy and make sure it's not running out of ink. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. And like, and like Pastor Dave said, this don't light your fire, your wood's all wet. This is really going to explain some things to you. And uh, this is not deep, but it's very, very real of how this works. <laughs> Hebrews 1, verse 3. And the, and the book of Hebrews really teaches on the present-day ministry of Jesus what he's doing today. Jesus isn't just dormant doing nothing. Jesus at the right hand of the Father, <laughs> man, making everything work, holding everything together, and waiting. Matter of fact, I'll just give this to you. Uh, the Psalms tells it, says in the book of Hebrews, he says that he's waiting till his enemies be made his footstool. And people don't understand what that means, waiting until his enemies be made his footstool. Jesus already, according to Colossians 2.15, stripped and defeated and paralyzed Satan of his power. Then he told us, the body of Christ, go ye into all the world. You preach the gospel to every creature. You cast out devils. You lay hands on the sick. You do the works that I did and even greater works. And so Jesus is the head. We're the body. And Ephesians chapter 3 says that the enemy's under our feet. And so what that means, what that means to wait until his enemies to make his footstool for us to demonstrate Satan's defeat under our feet. And when it comes a point in time where the body of Christ has done all that Jesus expects us to do, this is going to be a trumpet blow. Amen. Amen. And so, no matter what you think of yourself, if you're born again Christian, and you might think, well, I'm a nothing. Well, even if you're the sole of the foot, you're something. You're part of the body, and you're over Satan. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Man, get a hold of this. You're not just a nothing. You're part of the body. You've got authority. So Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, talking about Jesus, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. Now look at this right here. This is a phrase right here that if you're a casual reader, you'll never catch this. What's one of the things Jesus is doing right now? Upholding all things by the word of his power. Everything right now is kept in place by the word of his power. Now, I want to, t- I want to read you another translation that makes that really plain. This is from the Rotherham translation. Brother Hagin used that a lot, and I bought one years and years ago. But this will make it real easy for you to understand that I'm going to explain it to you. What it says in Rotherham translation is this. Also bearing up all things, listen to this, by the utterance of his power. By the utterance of his power. That's the spoken word. That's what the satyrian said. Said the spoken word will raise my servant up. The spoken word will turn his life around. And that, 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 that spoken word, as a matter of fact, there's two words in the New Testament from the Greek that are translated to the word word. One of them is rhema. And that's what uh, Brother Hagin's Bible college called rhema. And that means the spoken word. Because Brother Hagin learned the power of the spoken word. That's what rhema's all about. Teaching people the authority. And that's what that book is, Authority of the Believer. The value, the power, everything, everything, everything that believers receive by faith is called the spoken word. The spoken word. And the other word, the other Greek word is called logos. That means the written word. And so we have the written word, but then when the written word gets into our spirits and becomes alive and we speak it, then becomes the rhema word. And a lot of times somebody will say, I received a rhema. Well, that means all of a sudden the word of God become real to you. You know, there's a lot of things I'm preaching and teaching tonight. And maybe some have heard them before. And they have the revelation that this is how it works. Maybe somebody's really hearing this for the first time. So you're, you're seeing the logos, the written word. But as you begin to sit under the, under the rhema word, the words that are live in me, are coming into you, and they'll light up in you, and then you speak them, cancer dies. When you speak them, people that had strokes come alive again. When you speak them, things change. And get a hold of this. That centurion said, speak the word only, because I understand how the authority in your words work. And Jesus said, wow, great faith. I've never seen such great faith. And so when you become a Christian that speaks God's word and you've been diagnosed with stage four blood cancer and you say, don't pray for me anymore now. And I knew a pastor in Barstow that had the elders of the church obey James 5, 14 and 15 and said, people, you're the elders, I'm calling on you. And I want you to know me follow the name of the Lord and pray the prayer of faith. When you prayed, healing's working in my body. And I said, don't pray for me again. The pastor got up on a Sunday morning, told the people, 
I've been diagnosed with this. Don't pray for me anymore, but thank God that the Word's working in me. Thank God the elders prayed for me and anointed me to fall. And thank God the power of God's working in me. If you think for me, think about me, you're tempted to pray, just turn that into praise. Say, thank you, Lord. The Word's been spoken over my pastor. The Word's been spoken. He's getting better every day because your Word says in James 5, 14 and 15, let the sick call for the elders of the church or they pray over him. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. You understand what I'm working, what I'm saying. That is exactly how I received healing from stage 4 blood cancer. Then in the midst of it, had a heart attack causing 99%. My main artery of my heart was blocked. No damage, came out of it totally healed. Why was that? I got a hold of what the centurion said. I got a hold of the word of God, and I believed in my heart that that was real. And if Jesus said the prayer of faith heals the sick, well... If we go to pray more, there's going to be the prayer of doubt. Why is it the prayer of doubt? Well, you doubt he heard me the first time, so I might as well go back to begging. Nope, nope, nope. And listen, get a hold of this. I didn't say we don't talk about it anymore. I said we turn it into praise. He said everything in Philippians 4, 6, by everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. And so... What I did, whatever I had a pain, whatever I went through things with the doctors, I never prayed about that. I said, Lord, I want to thank you, the elders of the church. They anointed me before, they prayed the prayer of faith, and your word's working in me, your word's working in me. You see what I'm saying? Now get a hold of this so you're not flaky with your faith. Amen. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. And so my faith was that the Bible said the prayer of faith heals the sick. And so I wasn't in denial. I was in faith because I praised instead of ask again. I thanked him that we asked the first time he heard us and things were working. Amen. Is anybody getting this? Amen. And so I'm getting, re- I'm getting ready to give you the nugget for this whole thing right here. And if you never wrote anything else down, then you need to write this down. Remember this, that everything's being held up by the utterance of his power. Now write this down. I heard this years ago from somebody else. This has always stuck with me. Helped me really understand the authority in my words, the authority in your words. Don't let this slip past you. This could be the difference between life and death for you, for things going to faith. Faith-filled words are spiritual containers of the power of God. That's why that centurion said, speak the word only. And my servant, that's not even in your presence, he's back in my house. You speak the word only, my servant over there will be healed. Because your words will carry the power of God to where he's at. I'm going to make this statement again and get a hold of this. This is not religion, this is gospel. Faith-filled words are spiritual containers of the power of God. I'm going to say it one more time. Some of you still writing. Some of you aren't writing. That okay? I believe in Jesus' name. You got good memories, better memories than me. <laughs> Faith-filled words are spiritual containers of the power of God. I'll tell you what that means. When our faith-filled words reach their intended target, they'll produce exactly, precisely 
what God's word says they will. I'm going to say that again. When our faith-filled words reach their target. We're talking about healing tonight. That could be financial. That could be job promotion. That could be restoration of relationships. That could be deliverance from addictions. Whatever it is the Bible promises, you get that logos turned into rhema, coming off from being the written word the Bible says to get in your heart where you said, I says, because it became real to you. And so when our faith-filled words reach their intended target, they'll produce exactly precisely what the Bible says they will. You'll get the same results Jesus did. Now, did Jesus not say, in my name lay hands on the sick, they shall recover? Did he say, in my name, cast out demons? He said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Did Jesus say that? When that becomes real to you, then you'll start using the name of Jesus every day, every day, all day long. And, you know, I know sometimes people around Mrs. Pastor and I and uh, my family and some of you out in public, we don't think about it. I'll be at Walmart and be having, having a problem with the checkout or something like that. I don't think about it. I'll just say, in Jesus' name, that's going to work. And people go, I say, in Jesus' name, car start. And the mechanic goes, I didn't do anything. I don't know what happened. Well, I do. The name of Jesus took care of things. Amen? We need to get serious about the name of Jesus because our words are spiritual containers of the power of God. Is this helping anybody? Are you seeing anything? Amen. And so now you understand why. Go back to Matthew chapter 8. We're going to close it. And... You know, you know, here back here to Matthew chapter 8, but I believe I kept this simple enough that you got it. I believe I kept it simple enough that even if you had a religious head, something changed. And you know, a lot of people had their watches out there. You may have heard things in a way you never heard them before, but it's the Bible. And if you do what the Bible says, you'll get the results the Bible says you can have. In other words, you'll change from the wine well, he healed me before. I know he can. You'll say, he always heals me. Because he's Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's the one that said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He's the one that said, I will heal him. He's the one that said it. And when you get a change from I know he can to I know he is, then guess what? It's not long for healing shows up under the microscope. In the blood test, the doctors say, like they told me my last thing two weeks ago, I went to the doctor, back to the cancer doctor. Looked at all the blood. Excellent, 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 excellent. That sure is a lot better than said, well, Mr. Samples, I got some bad news. No, I like the excellent news. Amen. I like grin with the Bible. So I'm going to close then, look at Matthew 8, 9, and 10. Matthew 8, verse 8, 9, and 10 again. Matthew chapter 8, verse 8. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. In other words, I believe that your words have authority. Verse 9, he explained, I understand authority. Verse 10, Jesus called that great faith. And now verse 13, here's the result of speaking the word only, which, by the way, when you read the chapter there, you're going to see 
The only word Jesus spoke was, I'll come and heal him. He never said anything else. All the man said was, my servant shall be healed. That was the words of faith that were out there because Jesus said it was his great faith. Jesus said to the centurion, go thy way because I have a magic wand, he'll get healed. Go thy way because I just go around indiscriminately healing whoever I choose to heal and he'll be healed. Go thy way, this is your lucky day. What did he say? I want you to see this. Take the religious glasses off. Go thy way as thou hast believed. As thou hast believed. I, I asked somebody in my prayer line recently, a very serious case, and I prayed really, 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 really disease-killing, demon-killing faith. And this person said to me, after I got done praying, I believe I'm getting worse. Right here in my prayer line. And I said, what did I just pray? I know, but I believe I'm getting worse. But Jesus said, as thou hast believed, so it be done unto thee. And so I told Mrs. Pastor, I said, I really feel sorry for this person because they didn't believe the word of God I prayed. said they believe they're getting sick. They're getting worse. And so I want to tell you, what are you saying you believe? Do you believe when you've been prayed for? You're going to go by medical reports only? All medical reports are as a diagnosis to give you a target. Get a hold of that. Medical reports aren't lies. They tell you what the enemy's doing. That's a target to hit with your faith. To get that turned around. Amen. And so, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. His servant was healed according to how he believed. As I was going to say one more time, what do you believe? Do you believe the word of the report? Or do you believe the word of God's report? God's report will change that report every time. And so anyway, say this to me one more time. Preaching, teaching, and healing. Preaching, teaching, and healing. Amen. Let's stand up. That was a really simple close-up look about how Jesus' ministry operated. Amen. Did anybody see anything there that really helped him? Amen. Amen. Can you see now why believers, I'm not knocking churches, but why believers that sit in churches that don't teach healing consistently, why it's hard to get healed there? Amen. Amen. It wasn't the only thing Jesus taught. I'll tell you one thing. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's a major thing he taught. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's worship the Lord. And if you need prayer for anything, then come up here, and we'll be glad to pray for you. Healing or anything else, but we've taught on healing tonight. So there's a pretty pretty good anointing for healing up here tonight because we taught on it. Jesus was teaching and preaching and healing. I was represented tonight. I was teaching and preaching. And guess what follows? Amen. So if you need it, come and get it.
because I know you'll make a way. I don't always understand. I don't always get to see. But I will believe it. I will believe it. Cause you make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. I am standing on your word I calling heaven down to earth You will fight my enemies And this will end in victory I will believe it Yes, I will believe it Cause you make mountains move you make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will
students, what are words? Spiritual containers of the power of God. Words, spiritual containers of the power of God. What's the three things that Matthew taught us about Jesus' ministry? Amen. You got it. You passed the test. Amen. Now, now, just like any other good school, we prepared you for life. You passed the test in the class. What happens the next time the devil knocks on your door and he says, I'm going to huff and a puff and blow your house down with sickness? What are you going to say? No, no, no. I power my words. I've got authority. Devil, take your sickness. Get out of here. Not this time, devil. Amen. 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 Before I turn this over to Pastor Dave, I want to remind you again, the Believer's Authority, we had several copies back there I saw. If you don't have that, the Believer's Authority, it's not a one-time quick read. It's a lifetime book to keep in your spiritual library by your Bible and things and pull it out and read it and study it. And there will come a point in time where you say, wow, I don't even call the prayer line. I am the prayer line. Somebody call me. Amen. 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 All right, what a good time tonight. That was some good teaching. I hope you took some notes on that. Hallelujah. And uh, praise the Lord. And hey, our live stream didn't kick us off tonight, so you could go watch it again, all right? <laughs> praise the Lord for all that. Well, the Lord is good. We're going to close things out tonight. Of course, we have service on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Be here. And then lots of the Harvest Fest stuff is coming up, uh, the candy packing and all those great things. If you got questions, talk to Casey right there or uh, Desiree, and they'll get you the answers. And uh, we just want everybody to be involved and help out because the harvest is great. But the laborers are few, so we need more laborers. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and we will close out in prayer and do our Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight. And, Lord, we know we're going to be like that Roman centurion there and say, speak the word only. And, Lord, we're, that's what we're going to do. We're going to speak the word only. And we thank you that healing belongs to us in every way. We love you. We praise you. And we ask you to use us this week for your glory. In Jesus' name, Lord, we will be the light of the world and show the love of Jesus everywhere we go. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, can someone Someone say amen. All right, let's speak this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. 
Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Wednesday.